is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. Hello and welcome to Wisdom's Cry. Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put out her, put forth her voice? This is the podcast where we try to talk and we try to uh, listen for that elusive voice of wisdom crying out throughout the cosmos to enlighten us all. My name is Charlie. I am a writer. My I write under the um, name C. E. Dorset. That's my first two initials, Charles Eric. And I wanted to start this podcast off as we're starting a new phase of the podcast, going to a daily format. We'll be doing 22 minutes a day, taking a topic, breaking it down over a week, and really, really getting into it and trying to discuss it to the best of our ability. I look forward to your comments. You can follow me at Wisdom Cries Out over on Twitter. That's probably the best place for you to get in touch with me, and I will respond over there or on this podcast. Our topic this week is creation spirituality. Now, I have to stop right at the beginning here and kind of say this isn't what you might think it is, because the word creation gets thrown around a lot these days, and it doesn't always mean the same thing depending on who's using it. Um, creation spirituality, at least as we're using it here, is a tradition within the Judeo-Christian faith that can be found actually in all faiths. I believe you could very easily argue that it is part of the perennial philosophy. And the form of original blessing that I will be talking about today is both my ideas as well as those put forward by Matthew Fox in his many, many, many books, and I highly recommend that you read them if you haven't already. Creation spirituality, we are not talking about the world being 6,000 years old. We're not. We don't believe that. In fact, as a big part of the creation spirituality movement, we believe that you need to be keyed in to science. You need to understand the world as it is. And that's a big part of what we're talking about is first and foremost, learning to see the world as it is, and then living properly within it, living a fulfilling spiritual life within it and finding meaning purpose and eventually enlightenment. I, I add the enlightenment. I don't hear a lot of other creation spirituality proponents actually talking about enlightenment. enlightenment. And for, just so you know, I will probably be shortening that to CS. So if you hear me say CS, I'm referring to creation spirituality because that's a, that's a big phrase to say repeatedly. But, you know, I really believe that the purpose of all spirituality is to achieve a form of illumination, to find unity with God. And I am primarily a Christian and you will hear a lot of this coming from my Catholic Christian perspective. And that's why I wanted to make a distinction here. Um, 
creation spirituality has some core concepts, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. And for me, I read them very heavily from my experience of the mystical tradition within the Catholic Church, primarily that taught by St. Francis of Assisi and those Franciscans who came after him, and the teachings of St. Louis, or Saint Louis de Montfort, as I like to say it, St. Louis de Montfort, if you want to say it like an English person. Um, you know, that that's kind of where I'm coming from, and I think it's important for me to say that in the, you know, right from the beginning. Because while the core concepts of creation spirituality are the same from practitioner to practitioner, the individuation of them can be different. So take that for what it is. But I think we're the only creation spirituality podcast out there. So I, I wish I could tell you of another one so that you could hear this from other perspectives as well. If you know of any, please let me know. Go to Wisdom's Cry, click the contact button. You can tell me there or just hit me up on Twitter. Either way, I, I would love to know if there are other creation spirituality podcasts because I would like to listen to them. I've looked for them. And I can't find them. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this. When we say creation spirituality, one of the main things that we're talking about is the difference between it and the more prevalent view of the fall redemption spirituality. Fall redemption Christianity teaches that the world is evil. The world is degenerate. The world is a foul, dark, dark, dismal place. We disagree. We very wholeheartedly disagree with that because we believe, as the original writers of the Hebrew Scriptures believe, that the world was created ketov. It was created good. It was created very good. And the world itself is our original blessing. Now, having said that, we do believe in what we call the, the original wound. For me, I believe this is something that happens to most of us in childhood, the moment that we lose our innocence, the moment that we leave our personal garden of Eden and realize that the world is not all sunshine and roses. It happens to people at different ages and it affects us for the rest of our lives. So having said that, one of the things that I wanted to do with this first episode on creation spirituality in general is kind of take a little bit of time and discuss the differences between creation spirituality and the fall, fall redemption tradition that you may be used to when you hear people talk about Jesus or you hear people talk about Christianity in general, because there are a lot of differences. And it's, you know, something that we should uh, really try to, you know, m make it clear that people understand. Okay, so let's start with who are the key proponents of this ideology? Well, you can find traces of it if you really want to look in the Bible, but it's not really there. You have to go to people like Aquinas and various other early church fathers. It really steps up in the medieval period and kind of comes to its zenith in the period of the Reformation, where you have people like you know, um, Martin Luther and John Calvin and Zwingli and the rest who become obsessed with the idea of the depravity of the world, the evil of the world, the, that there is no good in the world. There is nothing of value in the world. 
which if that were true, then the psalmist would not tell us to sing with the stars. The psalmist would not tell us to look at the beauty of nature and see the glory of God. If the universe were evil, it could not reveal the glory of God. And it does. So these people have projected their own sense of inadequacy onto the universe and onto the divine. You find the creation-centered tradition primarily in the Yahavist writer of the Pentateuch. Anytime you see the divine name used, you're often hearing the voice of creation spirituality. You find this spoken so clearly and eloquently in the wisdom tradition, in the, in the Psalms, as I was just saying, in the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus, or Ben Sarah, which is one of my absolute favorite books of the Bible. You find it in the Song of Songs, which is an erotic poem. Yes, there, there's eroticism. There's a celebration of sexuality in the Bible. So how did we get to a place where sexuality is in and of itself demonized? Lots of projection. Lots of projection. You see this in the prophets, the voices of Isaiah and Jeremiah, the voices of Habakkuk and Micah, this voice that speaks out for the poor, this voice that speaks truth to power, this voice that tells us to take care of the widow and the orphan, this voice that tells us that God doesn't want our burnt offerings and sacrifices, he wants our love. What do I ask of you, O mortal, but that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God? This is what the prophets tell us. That's not an abstract moral code. That's not an overly intricate religious system that tells us that we must sacrifice and give blood to appease an angry and vicious God. That is a prophet telling us that at our very nature, we are to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before our God. That is all that God asks of any of us. It is the voice of Jesus it is the powerful, the pervasive voice of Jesus, who in every one of his parables tells us, look at the seed, look at the farmer, look at the field, look at the birds. He turns our eyes towards this glorious world. He tells us not to be anxious for anything, for if God takes care of the birds, how much more will he take care of us? He tells us that we are loved that we are part of the divine family. We see this in the works of Paul, who, despite what uh, how he's often quoted, does not tell us how evil and foul we are. He says, look at the law. The law tells us how horrible we are. Are we under the law? God forbid we are under the liberation of the Spirit who comes to bring peace, who comes to bring ease, who comes to bring release to the captive. He tells us that whatever is not of conscience is sin. We see this in the works of St. Benedict and St. Hildegard of Bingen and St. Francis of Assisi and Thomas Aquinas and Mechtel of Magdeburg and Meister Eckhart, Julian of Norwich, St. Nicholas of Cusa, Teilhard de Chardin, Father Chenu, and so many others throughout the history, and so many more today who are embracing this form of spirituality. 
Now, the main difference between fall redemption spirituality and creation-centered spirituality is this. Augustine tells us that faith is thinking with assent. That you think about something and you assent to it. You just say, you know, I heard this thing and, okay, that lets us off the hook. That's easy faith. That's cheap faith. That is... You know, Bonhoeffer talks a lot about cheap faith and how it's corrupting and destroy, how it corrupted and destroyed the church of his own time. And I would tell you that it's doing the same today. But here we are still preaching this cheap faith. You just hear the words and you say, okay, all right, I guess that's the way it is. No, in the creation centered tradition, faith is trust. That's a big difference. If I tell you I have faith in the church. It's because I trust that everyone in the CSC, the creation spiritual communities, is doing their best to make the world a better place. And I really, truly believe that. I wouldn't have joined if I wasn't sure that that was the case. I have faith in my husband. I know that he loves me. I know that we have been together for 19 years, and I know that that faith has been returned over and over and over again. I trust him. I trust in God because in my darkest hours and in my greatest triumphs, I have experienced the presence of the divine. And sometimes that's really, really hard. When my mother has was in the hospital so many times with various ailments over the years, it's not easy to just have faith, to believe that everything is happening as it needs to happen, as it wants to happen, as it is happening. But I know that there is a good God. I know that there is a God who loves the universe and wants us all brought to him. I know because I have felt it. I have experienced it. I have seen it in my own life. And you can too. Trust is so much harder than assent. I trust that Mary prays when I ask her to pray. I trust that when I partake of the Eucharist, that I am partaking of the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust these things. Not because I heard an idea and said, hmm, okay, that sounds interesting. But because in my heart of hearts, I have experienced the truth of it. I have sought the truth both logically and... <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And you can too. And it, it's a harder faith. And that's why I think people prefer to have this idea that you just say, okay, well, if that's what I have to believe, then okay. No, it's not okay. You have, you have to seek out. You know, the Apostle Paul said, seek out the truth with fear and trembling. And you do. In those darkest hours when you're asking yourself, is there a God? Is there anything out there? Do I have a soul? That's not easy. It's easy to just say, well, somebody told me. So, okay. It's a lot harder to do the work yourself. The, the fall redemption path tells us to control our passions. Christian spirituality tells us to embrace ecstasy, to embrace eros, to celebrate passion itself. Now, that doesn't mean that we go crazy. 
We have morals. We have ethics. But passion, read the Song of Songs. Read the Song of Solomon, however it's called, whatever it's called in your Bible. Read it. It is a sheer expression of exuberance of two lovers finding each other and exploring each other's bodies. Find passion. Live passion. Find strength. The Fall Redemption School tells us that God is Father. While we agree that God is Father, God is also Mother. God is Child. God is in all of us wanting to be born. God is Mother, pregnant with all of us, hoping that we will be born in the fullness of the divine light. That's a huge difference. In the fall redemption world, we're told that suffering is the wages of sin. In creation spirituality, we believe that suffering is the birth pangs of the universe. Suffering is part of life. Suffering is what gives birth. Suffering happens. Suffering does not have a, an ultimate divine purpose. Suffering is just Suffering is a thing. Suffering is something that happens to us, and we learn to live with it. We learn to let go. That may not be the answer that people want to hear. It's it, it, it's so much easier to tickle people's ears with saying, if you say these magic words, all of your suffering will go away, all your pain will go away. But it won't. Those words are a lie. Storms are terrible things, but they renew the earth. Earthquakes are terrible things, but they renew the earth. Volcanoes are terrible things, but they renew the earth. Suffering is a terrible thing, but it renews the earth. We are in a universe that is trying to be born to its fullest potential, and that entails a certain degree of pain. The universe, like a mother in labor, is groaning to bring about perfection. And we groan with her. We have, in the, in the, in, sorry, in the fall redemption tradition, it always begins with sin, the fall, the darkness, the breaking, the badness, the evil. In the creation spiritual tradition, we believe that it began with the word of God, the creative energy of God that gives life to all things. It makes things whole. We do not believe as they do that you must be in control all the time. We believe in letting go. We believe in ecstasy. We believe in breakthrough. Sometimes you're not in control and you just have to accept that. But you don't just give in to it, you find the good and the holy and the strong way through it. Fall redemption is particularistic. It says that it is the only place that has truth. Jesus said he had other sheep that were not of this fold. We are universalist in this respect. We believe that Jesus is the cosmic Christ. He is the one who holds the universe together. He makes it with his word. We believe in art as a form of spirituality. 
They believe in building up a church. We believe in building up the kingdom of God, the imperial realm of God, the perfect world of God, the pure land of God. They believe that mysticism is the mortifying of the senses. We believe that it is letting go of our ideologies and letting God speak to us and through us. There are a lot of differences. I wanted to go through some of these because the, this school of thought that we are tr different from is one rooted in guilt and redemption. You should feel guilty. Just this weekend, I heard Ravi Zacharias talking about guilt and how guilt is the basic mind frame of the universe. And he basically gave into it and said that you should accept that you're guilty and just repent. That's not what we believe. We believe that you should give thanks. You should praise. Your entire life should be one of giving thanks to God for all that he is and all that he has done and all that he will ever be. They believe that God is out there. We believe that God is in all things and all things are in God. And that's a little bit of the difference between creation and spirituality and the fall redemption mode. Now for the rest of this week, we're going to go into some of the core thoughts of creation spirituality, which is the four paths of creation spirituality, the four vias, the via positiva, the way of bliss, the via negativa, the silent way, the via creativa, the creative way, and the via transformativa, the way of transformation. This is the spiral dance that we practice. It is the spiral dance that informs everything that we do. And I invite you to come and dance with me. If you don't like the tune, more power to you. That's your decision. But I think you might find something here that you've been looking for for a long time. I know I did. About 15 years ago, when I first discovered creation spirituality, I found a home, a place where I belong. And I hope that you will too. If not, I hope you at least enjoy the discussion. I can't wait to hear what you're thinking. You can find out more over at our website, wisdomscry.com. Or like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at wisdoms, Wisdom Cries Out. You can also find us on Facebook or Wisdoms Cry over there. You can follow our page over there. I look forward to the discussion. Leave comments. You can email us. You can, um, I can't wait to hear from you. <laughs> Anyway, I will see you tomorrow, where we will talk about the way of bliss. Until then, bye. And God bless you.